Hi everybody, George here. Just wanted to give a little preamble to this episode. Um, as you've probably heard in the recent plugs, we started a Patreon for the show, which includes a tier that allows access to not just ad-free and early episodes, but bonus content as well. This includes riff tracks slash MST3K-style commentary tracks from movies like Extro, uh, more choose-your-own-adventure stories, a host highlight series where I talk about movies that I choose, and most pertinently, Legal Thriller, a series where two movie lovers come in to litigate the questions that I've posed to them. Uh, this is the first recorded Legal Thriller, unlocked from the Patreon. So if you like it, I hope you'll consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash littlehorrorphl for just a couple bucks a month. Uh, you get a lot of great content and the joy of helping me keep the show going. Okay, enjoy the app. This is your opinion. It's a fact. Hi, everybody. I'm George, and welcome to the first episode of Blip Presents Legal Thriller. <laughs> There's probably a guitar solo or something in there. Uh, you might know me as the host of The Best Little Horror House in Philly. What you might not know is that for years, I've also been a practicing movie lawyer, and I was actually just elected to the movie courts as a judge. Uh, and so I'm going to start adjudicating cases here and recording them for our Patreon members. And we're going to start strong with some Nick Cage-themed cases from our expert litigators to the hosts of Cage Fight, Mike and Jess. Welcome, gang. Hey, hey. Hi. I uh, I love legal stuff, so I'm I'm happy to be here. <laughs> uh, that's the only requirement for being a movie lawyer is loving legal stuff. So you'll <laughs> don't you'll even have right to love in. movies. <laughs> no, in fact, some people do better by hating them. But I'm really excited about this. Uh, so, like I said, you guys are two of the hosts of Cage Fight. Why don't you tell the people at home a little bit about your podcast so they know you're the real deal Cage aficionados here. Do you want me to field this one, Jess, or are 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 you uh, are you here to uh, summarize for me? Oh uh, no, you can kick this off. Cage Fight is a podcast about um, Nicholas Cage, um, who's a super rad dude, um, and we basically just assembled a bracket to determine uh, what his best film is, um, tournament uh, yep. style. Um, so every episode, we we put two movies head to head. We pick one, and the winner uh, moves forward. Sometimes that's controversial amongst the hosts. <laughs> often, um, <laughs> more often lately than it happened initially. We're, we, but. yeah, we get saltier every episode. So sure, um, the grudge is all all build. Yeah, so there's uh, some definite uh, animosity buried uh, deep beneath us uh, shooting the shit and uh, having fun with each other. So uh, it's it's a good time, and we're just a couple of uh, classy people, uh, and we're just hell yeah. We keep it classy, uh, is what I was trying to say. But I'm obviously not a good podcast host. <laughs> No, I disagree with that last statement. I think that uh, Cage Fight is a blast. I have, in fact, been on it and uh, was had a, a great time talking to Nick Cage and uh, creating one of those controversial endings myself. So Yeah, that was a, a very fun episode and uh, definitely included in the aforementioned uh, <laughs> yeah, that, you that know, was controversial episode. Yeah, that was a contentious one, but you sided with me, so <laughs> you're good in my book. <laughs> yeah, and uh, basically Jess is uh, there to... Uh, you know, summarize the movies for Taylor and I, who just try to keep things off the rails. Um, <laughs> and uh, then we we tell her that she's wrong. So that's that's our deal. <laughs> yeah, I kind of keep things on track. Uh, I get yelled at and talked over by them. And uh, that's how it goes. But I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, that was my experience with it. <laughs> 
Great. Well, now that we have your bona fides out of the way, uh, as far as format goes, we're going to do classic opening statement, and then opportunities for rebuttals will follow. Um, and we're going to get right into it with a cage v. cage face-off that gets to the heart of our two podcasts. What is the best Nick Cage horror movie? Um, let's start off just hearing your answers first, and we'll start with Jess. Well, see, this one was tricky for me, but based off the ones I've seen thus far, I have to go with The Wicker Man. <laughs> Hell yeah. A bold choice. A bold choice, because Nick, Nick has been in a lot of, uh, a lot of great ones, and um, this, is, this is a divisive pick, but uh, let's hear what Mike went with. You know, Wicker Man is a, is a solid pick. Wicker Man or Family Man, also a very solid pick. Um, if you're a capitalist who's scared of getting married. But uh, I picked Mandy, uh, which I, th- I think I did mention when I was on your podcast previously, George. It's yeah. uh, it's a, a recent Cage flick. I know Jess hasn't seen it, so uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I've been trying to save my first impression for when it comes up in the bracket. Yeah, but I, I think it's... Uh, it represents kind of a, a new beginning for Nicolas Cage or, or a, a new chapter in his career that I'm uh, very excited for. So Nice. Well, uh, here's what I'll say. I have seen them both, and that makes me perfectly suited to make a ruling in this. Fantastic. So, Jess, why don't, you, uh, why don't you give us your opening statement about why Wicker Man is the best Nick Cage horror movie? All right. So just think back to all the... the biggest classic horror movies, the ones that you really like. I mean, like, like Evil Dead and... You know, things along that line. They're all horror comedies. And The Wicker Man makes me laugh my ass off constantly. (laughs) Um, It is really funny. It's full of really goofy things like uh, flashbacks to semi-trucks hitting a little girl, which doesn't sound goofy, but trust (laughs) me, if you see it in context, it is very goofy. (laughs) And ranting about, like, why to get burned, uh, phallic symbol. You got, like, a big him in a bear suit punching someone in the face. That's all, like, good, like, slapstick humor. And, of course, like, the classic Not the Bees line, well-known by all, even people who haven't seen the movie. All of these things add up to be a Rick rollicking good time, if people say that. I think the kids say that now these days. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think it's a Rick rolling good time. Uh, Rick rolling good time. <laughs> that's a timely reference. <laughs> Great. I mean, I think that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Mike, let's hear your opening statement. First off, uh, the opening of my opening statement um, is uh, always, fuck Jess. You suck. <laughs> I will wait. Objection it. here. <laughs> this is just slander. <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I forgot that wasn't allowed. Yeah. So uh, Mandy, while um, Nicholas Cage has been in his fair share of, you know, horrors and thrillers and the like, Mandy is part of his like, uh, you know, new weird tonal horror movie renaissance thing that he's going through right now. And so um, I think Mandy is a great representation of the potential that uh, Nicolas Cage has as a horror actor. And I think it is uh, representative of where I I hope that his career begins to go. Yeah, basically, Mandy is big heavy metal movie and we need more big heavy metal movie in theater. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, who could argue with that? Uh, hopefully, Jess. Yeah, I think I could yeah, argue we'll that see. a little bit. We'll see. Have you ever seen the movie Heavy Metal? It's weird. It's kind of horny. It's strange. <laughs> Wait, is that the one with the the lady flying on the fucking dinosaur thing? 
that is parodied and yes and that's what you want more of yeah <laughs> absolutely i i don't i don't see any part of that that could be a negative okay well you say you hope it's it's representative of how his career will go but we don't really know that for sure do we it's only been two years since the the release of mandy and it's a little bold to say it's the best one he's ever come out with especially when there's a classic like the wicker man that goes back 16 years or 14 years i'm sorry and has clearly stood the test of time through its not only uh, memeability, rampant memeability throughout the years, and uh, just beautiful horror imagery. Okay, it's probably not that beautiful. It's probably not that scary. <laughs> but I'll tell you, it's a goddamn good time to watch. And uh, sure, Mandy maybe could be like, I've, I've heard some sort of uh, psychological crazy thriller. But I, uh, I don't know. I just think that, uh, you know, some good old-fashioned Cage freakouts, one after the other, are really what you're looking for with some Nicolas Cage in a horror movie, because it brings the best of both worlds. So, I put this question to you, but obviously, best is a very subjective term, and so I'm curious a little bit about, like, to you, what is the essence of a cage horror movie and why like obviously mike is looking at more of his actual dramatic ability and jess is looking at sort of the like campy joy of it but i want to hear a little bit more about like the essence of a cage movie to you and why you think that yours uh, fits that criterion all right well you know what i'm looking for in a in a cage horror movie is maximum cage freakouts for one um you know i want him to play to his strengths while also you know doing something a little a little new but you know i think it's uh, it, it represents both what i want in a nicholas cage horror movie and what i want in a horror movie which is just um giant uh battle axes slicing people's uh insides uh out and uh you know just uh Nicholas Cage making a, a whole big mess of things. You know, I mean, I, I think uh, Wicker Man is a, is a good example of of a, a Nicholas Cage horror movie, but I think Mandy really, uh, you know, scratches all my uh, horror movie itches as far as uh, blood and guts and uh, heavy metal go. So, all right, Jess. Well, I think the essence of a Nicholas Cage horror movie truly would be in the freakouts because. Horror, in a good horror movie, if the character is being stunned by the situation around them, they will freak the hell out, because that's just how normal humans react in such a, a, a horrendous situation. Now, uh, on top of that, a thing that you I personally enjoy in horror movies is a strong, like, kind of psychological aspect, and kind of a feeling of, everybody else knows something you don't know. I kind of like that H.P. Uh, Lovecraft outsider feel, like when, you, when he's going into the town of Innsmouth or something like that. And when everybody, like, knows something and they all are eyeing him with suspicion, and we get that in spades in The Wicker Man. It's, it's a classic horror trope that I think... Uh, adds something new to it, along with Cage's goofy freakouts, and creates a sort of, like, excellent black comedy that may or may not be intended, but I think some of the best comedies are the ones that weren't meant to be funny at all in the first place. <laughs> but <laughs> Now, I know I keep talking about comedy here, but I do want to... <laughs> 
emphasize that this is a hilarious fucking movie, and that's really part of the strength that it stands on, <laughs> despite also being a horror movie. Here's here's my last question, and then I'll, I'll make a ruling on this one. Could your opponent's movie have been done with someone else? Like, is... Let's talk about the, the, the cageness of it. Is he the only one that could have fit your movie? Um, I want to I want to hear what you guys think about uh, about that. That's a good question. Um, uh, that's, that's a really good question. I'm trying to think of uh, who else I could see doing the Wicker Man, and I mean, You're you know, right. it's uh, it's hard to picture anybody else doing like the bees um, scene. It's really hard, but you know, uh, give me. Uh, I, I would watch Steve Buscemi do it. You know, wow. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> the the freaking bees man uh that'd be great in my opinion Ooh. i don't know i got hubie halloween on the brain so i'm really i'm, I'm really thinking sandler crew uh <laughs> honestly look hey they could hit the unintentional comedy no problem <laughs> Uh, yeah, exactly. Plus, exactly. Plus, let's not rag on uh, Buscemi too hard. I think that of the Sandler crew, he is certainly the acting standout. He is so much more than than Sandler crew. Yes. But uh, you know, I guess I was picturing uh, him as the werewolf, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you know, making children disappear or something. Right. I don't know. I, I think uh, I think there there are candidates, uh, and Steve Buscemi is a good one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, what about you, Jess? I know you said you haven't you haven't seen uh, Mandy, but just from your general understanding of it, do you think that there's someone else who could have fit in? Well, he keeps saying heavy metal to it, and that makes me think like, what if we got like Glenn Danzig to play him? I know he doesn't like cameras, but oh, like, shit. Oh, I mean, that'd be pretty badass, right? You, you'd have to disguise the cameras as something else so he doesn't know he's being recorded, <laughs> or just get a general heavy metal. Glenn, song. we just set up a scavenger hunt for you. <laughs> at that point too maybe like i don't know jack black is both an actor and like a guitarist and musician Ooh. that probably wouldn't end up great but like it could have happened would it have could it have not i mean i don't know wow what if we had jack black have his kumail nanjiani moment and he got really <laughs> in shape to be mandy <laughs> holy shit <laughs> honestly uh i i have a huge soft spot for uh jack black uh and i feel like if he got ripped i'd be really depressed yeah for sure uh for sure. so please please don't you're doing great right now you look fine jack we yeah. love you school of rock we is genuinely you, one of my favorite movies keep <laughs> at yeah. it jack keep at it jack indeed um wonderful well that's my gavel <laughs> uh, i don't know if that translated at all it might not have donate to the patreon to get him an actual gavel yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I thought that was either a gavel or Jess had something getting delivered. Uh, I wasn't sure. No, that well, was, my Chinese uh, that food was... did get here, but that was separate. Oh. <laughs> it came with a gavel, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, convenient. Uh, okay, here is my ruling. I think that Jess spoke more to both the horror aspect that she liked and the the cageness of it i uh, don't think that uh, busemi has the the freak out range to be honest and um it's true that the wicker man is a remake but the they're very different in tone and i think that um cage is doing his cage thing in it and so with the cases presented before me 
I am going to rule in favor of Jess and the Wicker oh, Man. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. Damn. And I think I think we are greatly underestimating the power of Steve Abuskimi. <laughs> Did you know that he was uh, a 9-11 fireman? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? So was Nicolas Cage. So they're interchangeable. Wow. Okay. You know what? I, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to retract it. But I was tempted. Damn, yeah, there. that was pretty strong. You should have put that in your argument. <laughs> But uh, it's too late now. No jumble jeopardy. And uh, too late now. I think I speak for That's everyone right. when I say, "Suck it, Mike." <laughs> well, that, I guess I uh, I'm just gonna go uh, twice as hard uh, uh, for the next case. Oh, so well, uh, good to hear it because this watch is, your back. This is a big one here. Our next case is Toretto v Cage. <laughs> uh, it's just been reported in this press release that I've made up that National Treasure Three is confirmed and will actually be a crossover with the Fast and Furious franchise. Um, what I want to hear from each of you is a general movie pitch, including what they're going after, and then at the end we'll decide which movie uh, gets made so um you know anyone that you're adding to the cast general plot beats uh, that's the sort of thing that i'm looking for uh mike why don't you kick us off you know i, I just want to say welcome uh dom toretto to the cage of yes. uh, we're happy to have you and so my my thought process is kind of uh you know fast nine is in the can uh it's postponed uh because of covid but it's reported that uh, they may or may not be going to space and so I figure, uh, based on the, the trajectory that the Fast franchise is taking right now, uh, I'm going to say by Fast 10, uh, they have figured out time travel, oh, right? Oh, baby. So, so the Fast 10 crew, um, and, and so I'm, I'm kind of aligning uh, uh, National Treasure 3 in, in the timeline with where Fast 10 would come out. So say, you know, four years from now, three years from now, whatever. So the the fast crew has figured out time travel and, uh, you know, the world is crumbling around them and they discover that the the only way to save society from the the future that they are living in is that we need to we need to be more persistent about the P tape. Um, So. Uh, basically, um, uh, we we gave up too early on the P tape, and we need to we need to find the P tape. And who better to do it than uh, the National Treasure Crew? Um, they're gonna freaking break into Putin's Oval Office, and they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna solve the Codex, and they're gonna use the puzzle box to open the the drawer that. The P tape is in, and they're going to save the world with wow. with this. Uh, Jess, why don't we hear your uh, your pitch, and then we'll start uh, picking picking each other's apart. I, I wrote a, a slightly more elaborate pitch here that I, I I might just read off if that's okay. Go for it. Uh, at the end of National Treasure Two, you'll recall that Cage has found two different giant piles of national treasure. So, being an incredibly famous treasure hunter and American historian, <laughs> Nicholas Cage is now given access to many American historical documents, and I'd say one day he's looking over the Treaty of Ghent, which ended the War of 1812 between the U.S. and Britain, and notices that it was not properly signed and sealed by the British. So, upon hearing this news and realizing the war is still technically ongoing, tensions rise between the two nations, and Britain makes an ultimatum. The U.S. has to pay $10 trillion in pure gold by the end of the week, or the Brits will nuke Washington, (laughs) D.C. The U.K. switched back to the gold standard instead of fiat currency due to the value of most fiat currencies being determined in relation to the U.S. dollar. That's an aside, but it's an important fact if you're wondering why it's gold. 
Now, Dwayne Johnson, or Hobbs, sure. then shows up to find Nicolas Cage because he works for, I, I don't remember what department of this he works for, but he's in some sort of national security. But he shows up to find Nicolas Cage with the task of finding some gold treasure. He's like, hey, you've done it twice before, right? So you got to do this. So Cage has heard tales of what really went down at the Haymarket riots, which were in protest of the, the grand robber barons of the time period. Uh, and he heard that these robber barons sure. were literal robbers and moved roughly five billion pounds of gold to an undisclosed location somewhere out rest. So, Cage will need a team to help find it, and luckily Hobbs knows just the people. Where we get, uh, and, and forgive me here, I remember Dominic Toretto, but I don't remember everyone's names from the Past and the Furious franchise. But we'll get Vin Diesel, we'll get Michelle Rodriguez, we'll get Ludacris, and we'll get CGI Paul Walker, because why the hell not? Wow. <laughs> big get. Big, big get. get. Uh, his character's got to come out of retirement to save the damn country, right? And they're all gathered together to assist with their crazy fast driving skills because they got to be fast because we got like a weak time limit sure. here in finding this treasure. And along with the usual national treasure suspects like Riley, who, who's got that Ferrari, which you know Vin Diesel, Dominic Toretto, you know he's going to fucking teach Riley to properly drive that Ferrari. Wow. And, um, You're right. Yeah, that's kind of my pitch here. And I'm thinking either the title is Nationally Furious or too fast for treasure. <laughs> wow, that's a great call. Mike, what is the title of yours? And does it... So, both of you, here's my other question. Does this fall... So, I'm going to use the Marvel movies as an example here. Is this like an Avengers thing where it's separate and this is its own thing? Or is this like Captain America 3 Civil War where this is in the National Treasure franchise or it's in... The Fast and the Furious franchise. Where do you see this falling, and what's the title, uh, Mike? Why don't you hit us first? Um, well, the title obviously uh, is going to be Fast National um, <laughs> Two Piss Tape. Uh, Fast National Two Piss Tape, um, and so um, it's it, it it's going to be a crossover event, but basically, um, you know, Fast. 10 is going to to be kind of the Avengers moment like it's going to end with you know Samuel L. Jackson constructing the crew and like in the post credit scene you see <laughs> Nicolas Cage's hairline okay um, and then and then they're going to be like uh, oh we're releasing Fast National baby <laughs> so uh, it's like because, the Hobbs and Shaw like sort of offset from it yeah it's like Hobbs and Shaw but good okay um and I would, and I just, I just want to to follow that statement by saying I'm not being um, elitist about the Fast franchise. I would uh, never insult the Fast franchise, but Hobbs and Shaw was pretty bad. So, um, yeah, Fast National Two Piss Tape, um, <laughs> uh, and it's going to be the follow up to Fast Ten, and, and it's going to lead into the revival of the standalone national treasure franchise there might be uh some some cameos you know down the line uh a la uh tony stark uh, to keep it in in that (laughs) range but uh yeah love it jess uh, repeat your title uh just to keep it fresh and then uh tell us where yours falls all right well my title i i hadn't decided which of the two titles but i'm thinking too fast for treasure i like this the t- the numbers don't have anything to do with anything they don't have to like have you seen how <laughs> sure. video games are named <laughs> but 
And uh, what was the other part of that? I'm sorry. So, like, where where does it fall? Like, so Mike pictures this as, like, an offshoot of Fast and Furious that leads to a revival of the National Treasure standalone franchise. Is this, like, a solo, like, do these two franchises, exi- like, combine into one Avengers-style thing, and this falls there? Is it a National Treasure th- 3 that uh, falls more, that, like, just has cameos from... The Fast franchise is it like Hobbs and Shaw and offshoot like where like just where do you picture this existing in the cage verse Fast verse? <laughs> well, I was picturing it more as a National Treasure three type thing, which has cameos from the Fast crew. Which uh, that might just be a result of my background here. I know that yeah. uh, the the Fast and Furious franchise is a little more marketable, I think, but. I think that little bit of pull and perhaps with some of uh, Cage's renewed stardom that he's gotten from Mandy, which I just argued against, <laughs> but uh, will uh, maybe <laughs> draw people in with some interest for National Treasure 3. And uh, I believe this would take place around the current year and uh, probably maybe before they go to space. If if the Fast and the Furious team is going to space in 9, we'll, we'll, we'll stick it in between there. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I do have one question. Uh, given that, uh, you know, the Fast franchise is, is under the Universal umbrella and National Treasure is under the Disney umbrella, would the Fast uh, and Furious National Treasure crossover ride be at Disney World alongside the future G-Force ride? Or would it be at Universal with all those uh, screen rides? Jess, great question. I want oh, to hear your answer. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, I I think that uh, this has got to go to Universal. That's more like <laughs> Universal's wheelhouse. They're into like thrills, you know, and uh, they can make like a really fast roller coaster with some cars and like American uh, propaganda or you know American history things popping up in the side while you're driving. <laughs> it's like, oh, I almost got hit by Abraham Lincoln's hat. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I think, I think that's more what Universal does than Disney. Disney is a little more laid back, family friendly thing. So, yeah, but then, uh, you can't have a cameo in the ride by uh, big hero six, uh, Baymax. That's his name. Baymax from big hero. Six. He is big hero. Six. <laughs> so last question before we wrap up this case. Every time uh, these movies get bigger and bigger, and especially in the Fast franchise, they have to really introduce people. And so besides Nick Cage, obviously, being a, an addition to the Fast crew, who's your big celebrity cameo that you're getting for this movie? Or like a, so they're like a supporting role. Ooh, um, that's a tough one. Uh, has I, has Kurt, Kurt Russell's popped up in the Fast franchise already, hasn't he? think so i think he i was think he in has one in in one of the most recent ones uh well definitely definitely need kurt russell to to pop up in there um because uh, i just want him on the call sheet um yeah. really <laughs> and uh i i think um i would have uh neil degrasse tyson come in at the end and just explain why the <laughs> time travel aspect is totally uh bulletproof Nice. And so that would, you know, save the Twitter trolls a lot of time. So <laughs> Great. All right, Jess, who's yours? Well, I think uh, Robert Pattinson's pretty big right now. We could have him cameo as uh, as Batman. <laughs> we'll throw him in there, too. Wow. <laughs> oh, that okay. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> okay. Wow. Uh, wrap it up. 
because that seals the deal. I'm sorry, Mike, but I got to find in favor of Jess again because... This is messed up. <laughs> it, look, not only do I want to see Robbie Pats as Batman show up in a National Treasure movie, it just, I am ready for another National Treasure movie, and that's what Jess described. Um, and so I, I'm more interested in seeing that one. Uh, I'm sorry, as, as much as the, the heist of the piss tape does sound <laughs> lovely. Uh, I have to I have to find this is the beginning Jess. of uh, George and Jess starting a <laughs> podcast without me. I can feel it. Uh, <laughs> Jess, you didn't tell him already, right? <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, <laughs> if you could stick around after he leaves a little bit so we can discuss things a little bit more. I, uh, I would like that. <laughs> um, OK, great. All right, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back to the show. Ooh, this is the ghost of George, and it's getting to be the spooky season. However you're getting your scares in, they go better with Tuckins, the all-in-one inside-out s'more. Each Tuckin has crunchy handmade graham cracker covered in decadent chocolate, all tucked inside a fluffy marshmallow. And the best part is, because they're self-contained, you can roast them anywhere around a fire pit while you're telling ghost stories or even just over the stove for a sweet movie treat alternative to popcorn. Uh, they also come in multiple flavors, and while you can't go wrong with classic, I gotta say that I'm a cookies and cream guy personally. Plus, it's a local company owned by two previous guests on this very show. And since they like the show so much, they're giving listeners a 15% discount if you use the offer code BEST15 at tuckins.com. That's BEST15 at T-U-C-K-I-N-S.com for 15% off. So don't wind up with a bag of stale mallows in the back of your pantry. Check out Tuckins today. And now, back to the show. Last last case here that we're going to take a look at is going to be um, Henson v. Cage. And uh, the question is... Which Nick Cage movie would be most improved by turning it into a Muppet movie? So I want to hear a little bit about which movie you're picking. Give us the basic layout of the plot, just because in case people haven't seen it already. And then uh, as you're going through, you can spice in what Muppets are who and everything. And I especially want to hear uh, which, why this is the biggest improvement. All right. Well, I think I'm going to go with Face Off for this one. If you haven't seen Face Off, the basic plot of that is uh, John Travolta is like an FBI agent who's trying to get Nicolas Cage, who is a terrorist. And after they capture Nicolas Cage, initially they swap their faces. They take their faces off, as they say. And uh, John Travolta goes into the prison in disguise as Nicolas Cage to discuss with more inmates like and try to figure things out but Nicolas Cage then wakes up in Travolta's body and breaks out kills everybody who knows about the operation and tries to take over living in John Travolta's old life and that's kind of the whole thing there now it's so funny to hear it laid out like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> it is it's it's a wacky movie but um, I love it I love that movie yeah, it, it feels weird trying to uh, describe the actor saying, like, Nicolas Cage wakes up when it's actually John Travolta playing him. But uh, yeah. <laughs> So I mainly picked this, I'm not going to lie, because I think it would be absolutely hilarious to see Nicolas Cage and Kermit the Frog face swapped. Like, literally just Kermit's <laughs> face on Nicolas Cage's body and Nick Cage on Kermit's body. That's, that's gold. Like, uh, I yeah. think that right there deserves it. But... Um, as for other other uh, Muppets, I'm not really sure who would go where. There's not a ton of significant characters other than those two in that movie, I feel. Uh, other than, like... who Who's playing um, John Travolta's kid? Oh, uh... What's, uh... What, what's the shrimp? 
I, th- I think it was Pepe the Shrimp. Yeah, I just figure a shrimp child. All right, um, Mike, hit us with your pick. Well, Jess, uh, Jess isn't going to like my pick, uh, and for good reason, I will say, I will defend Jess uh, on that, but I think that's why this movie needs to be Muppetized and redone. Um, so the movie that I picked is Firebirds. <laughs> okay. Uh, and for those who aren't familiar, um, it's uh, basically like a kind of fascist movie about the DEA um, uh, hunting down south american drug lords and uh so they they have this new uh apache attack helicopter and nicholas cage is enlisted in the training program and uh he becomes this uh super uh fantastic pilot with a with uh an eye issue that uh you know makes it harder for him to learn but he overcomes because in his words he is the greatest <laughs> Best quote of the movie. Uh, yeah, best scene of the movie. Um, it also has like uh, his his instructor, like uh, his his general guy is Tommy Lee Jones, who would definitely be Sam Eagle um, nice. because oh, uh, that's a perfect matchup. They have the same face. Yeah. <laughs> um, they really do. <laughs> <laughs> it's uncanny. Also, uh, a major part of the plot is that uh, Nicholas Cage's like ex girlfriend is is uh, on on his base or whatever um and so that would be uh definitely miss piggy um you know she's she's trying to make kermit jealous by flirting with her ex nicholas cage um and kermit's some other chump pilot who you know can't get his freaking wings up or whatever <laughs> And so um, if you take all of the, like, racism and sexual assault out of this movie and you add in Muppets, um, it'll be like Team America, but for the whole family. Um, And I think it would be a fantastic film. Interesting. So here's a question. Typically, the Muppet movies are musicals. And I'm curious which one – I want you to tell me why the other one wouldn't work as a musical and yours would. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be some bullshit. (laughs) Um, Let's start with you, Mike. Mr. This is going to be some bullshit. (laughs) Uh, Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you. There's – there's nothing uh, uh, musical about swapping faces. I mean, how the hell are you going to sing if you just had your face swapped? It's <laughs> no, going to be pretty great, great point. difficult, actually, um, and, and painful for those involved. And, you know, uh, John Travolta can't really be uh, replaced by a Muppet uh, anyway because uh, he kind of already is one. <laughs> the the reason Firebirds uh, would work as a musical is because you know uh, uh, the the very act of flight uh, is is musical in itself. Uh, you know, the flight of the bumblebee actually uh, invented flight. If if <laughs> you don't Google it, and so. You know, I think there there could be scenes of you know Nicolas Cage is flying in his helicopter uh, and he's uh, singing uh, uh, amongst the 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 pilots that are uh, around him. Uh, you know, they're kind of going back and forth. It's cutting from helicopter to helicopter, and they're just like, uh, <laughs> "Will we catch the drug lords?" Uh, and wow, I think. Uh, I think it could be a really a really nice and welcome change for um, this movie. Well. I, I don't know. I just saying Firebirds is about fly, um 
is about flying attack helicopters. And have you ever been around a helicopter? Those things are loud as fuck. You can't sing over those. Like, that's just going to ruin all the... No one will be able to hear you. <laughs> Jess, I have good news about movie magic for you. <laughs> look, look. I want realism in my Muppet <laughs> musicals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the problems with Firebirds is you couldn't really hear anything because the helicopters were so damn loud. And wow, I, I just feel it's not a story that suits its well uh, suits itself well to music and the stage because it's so uh, full of uh, masculine bravado. And I feel like a musical has got to be inherently a little campy. So now, Face Off, on the other hand, while it may have a little bit of like bravado in it, it's got a lot of crazy John Woo flair, you know. And uh, right. he's always got those doves flying around. Uh, what That would be great for a musical. Just at the start of the musical <laughs> number, somebody opens up and like spreads out a bunch of doves. And then, oh, my face is off. Uh, it's on his body there. Now it's been gone. <laughs> I, I, don't um, I think that would make for a perfect little musical. And, uh, you know, like we could even repurpose like it ain't easy being green and just saying like it ain't easy not having a face like <laughs> so true so true um okay uh, so here's my final question but this is this is really a big one face off is divisive i will say but there are people who enjoy it myself included i want to hear from both of you why adding the muppets is an improvement to this to the movie we had um and jess let's start with you this time in terms of improvements uh uh, I mean, like, you get that crazy visual of, of uh, Nicolas Cage having a Muppet face and, and Kermit Frog having a Nick Cage face, and I think that's great, because I think their bodies should remain the same, and it should be played totally straight. I don't know, you get an added extra bit of uh, comedy there <laughs> that I think is good, and, uh, you know, overall, the Muppets just bring a little bit of class to the whole situation you know it's fun for the whole family then whereas before this is a pretty violent gory movie sometimes so i think uh i, I think making it a more family affair could uh, broaden the audience all right mike hit us as i mentioned earlier uh this is a movie that is plagued uh by by things like sexual assault and uh you know a little bit of uh good old-fashioned racism and so i think if we remove it Take it out and throw in some singing frogs. Uh, you know, it it will really hold up the weak end of this movie uh, because there, there's a good movie in there somewhere. Um, it's it's just muddled up by all this nonsense. And so I think if we take out the nonsense and uh, uh, the the rabble rousing and the nastiness, put in the Muppets. And uh, watch them fly some freaking helicopters and wow. kiss Nicolas Cage consensually. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I think I think we can we can mine the good movie out of this by adding the Muppets. All right. Goddamn. Um, here's what I'm gonna say. I think that uh, Mike blocks the sweep here. I think Oof. that especially the Sam the Eagle casting is just perfect. I and frankly. I think it's about time that we get a Sam the Eagle forward Muppet movie. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Plus, I think that the improvement thing is really visible in Firebirds. Whereas, uh, like I said, I like Face Off. And that visual of having Kermit's face on him uh, definitely would be worth the price of admission on its own. But um, it, like Mike said, it seems like there's a good movie in there. And that movie is a Muppet movie. 
So I am going to rule on Mike's, although Jess takes the day two to one. So yes, congrats that one was your Jess. consolation prize, um, Mike. <laughs> and I want to make... <laughs> yeah, I'm proud to proud to be. That was the, just for pride. <laughs> hey, I'm the Jimmy Butler here. I'm I'm freaking. I'm gonna come back next year and 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 freaking slice all you guys up. Hell yeah! In this house, we respect Jimmy Butler. <laughs> well, luckily, I'm not in that house. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh damn. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, Jess, as the winner, why don't you start off the plugs for us? All right. Well, uh, definitely go and check out uh, Cage Fight. It's the podcast that both Mike and I do. And uh, like we said, we've put every Nicolas Cage movie into a bracket or every one that was out at the time we started the podcast. We're probably going to have to do a sub bracket for things that have come out since then. But uh, there's endless Cage content, endless uh, jabbering that's very fun. And it's on pretty much every major podcasting service, Apple, Spotify, stuff like that. So check that out. Follow us on Twitter at CageFightPod and follow me on Twitter if you like dumb shit posts. That's mainly what I do. It's uh, <laughs> Chaos Loco Inc. Loco with a K, Inc. with a C, like incorporated. And um, yeah, also check out another podcast that I do produce called Philosophy for the People. If uh, if you like uh, learning about philosophy, that's a fun one. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, Mike, you're up. Um, well, uh, Jess covered all the big ones. Uh, my Twitter is, uh, Darth Mike D, uh, because wouldn't it be cool if like a Sith Lord was also a beastie I boy? I think that would be cool. Um, <laughs> yes, it would. Yeah. So, um, don't make fun of me. Why didn't they get like Ad-Rock to play Kylo Ren? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> Honestly, that would be pretty cool. Um, yeah. Cadlo Ren. Adlo Rock. <laughs> there um, we go. Oh, we got there in the end. Now I tapped my mic stand. Yeah, uh, yeah. Follow the the podcast on Twitter. Check us out. Learn about philosophy with Jess. Uh, she's uh, <laughs> I'm just really the smart. So not the host. Um, <laughs> but, but the host is smart. Well, well I mean, I outed myself. Uh, uh, well, uh, not as smart as as Jess. You know, we, well, as we saw here today, <laughs> movie lawyer extraordinaire. <laughs> We, we we get heated sometimes, but uh, Jess is a great co-host. Sometimes uh, she has to keep me in line. I give her respect for that. But she is wrong about uh, Fast National <laughs> 2 Piss Tape. So, yeah. I will say that I would love to see Fast National 2 Piss Tape. That seems like a lovely movie. And uh, If we could get all these movies made ideally, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Hey, hopefully if one does well, the other one gets greenlit as well. <laughs> so. Yeah. Directors, if you're listening, uh, please make this movie unless you are Brian Singer. Yeah. He's uh, he's banned from our, our Fast and Furious uh, <laughs> National Treasure crossover. <laughs> Great. As far as my plugs, you can find me on Twitter at LittleHorrorPHL. Uh, you can find this show pretty much everywhere at Little Horror PHL Plus. This is a Patreon episode, uh, so... Hopefully you're already a member, in which case, thank you. Uh, but also, this is probably going to be uh, released for free as well. So if you like this and are like, man, I wish I could hear more of that as bonus episodes and stuff, guess what? You probably can on the Patreon. So check out patreon.com forward slash little horror PHL. And uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. <laughs>